1: Welcome back to another
2: episode of the PulpMX Wrap Up Show. I'm Darkseid from the Moto X Pod Show, and we are about to discuss this week's PulpMX show. But first, I have to thank all of our amazing sponsors. You know all about Michelin motorcycle tires from the Pulpamex show, and now I'm excited to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tire is a proud sponsor of the Pulpamex wrap up show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, stay tuned for more info about a Pulp discount code on Michelin Bicycle Tires. Follow at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram and check out bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. And of course, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and Jeremy McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, JGR Suzuki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out gutsracing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsports.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at motorsport.com. And, of course, don't forget to go to pulpamexshow.com for all the sponsored links and discount codes. If you want to be on the Pulpamex wrap up show, or you have questions or comments, or you want to submit a question for the Hello Pookie segment, just send them to darkside at pulpamex.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. All right, tonight on the Pulpamex show, we are going to discuss episode 424 with Andy Gregg from Guts Racing in studio. Ryan Villapoto, Mike Alessi, Adam Ciancerillo, Chris Betts, Chris Kiefer, and Jake Weimer were all on the phone at some point during the night. And don't forget to stick around for another episode, a brand new episode of Hello Pookie at the end of the show. Looking forward to that. Uh, but first, let's talk to our uh, our guest. So, brought to you by Guts Racing, formerly from FXR Chaparral, Justin Starling. Well, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. What's up, Justin?
3: All ah, right, man, another day in Florida. Just uh, cranking out the work and uh, getting ready for when Supercross starts back up.
2: Yeah, that's coming. I cannot wait. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but also brought to you by Michelin bicycle tires from Racer X. Kellen Brower, what's up, Kellen?
0: Oh, not too much. Just grinding out of Glen Helen today. You know, putting in the thirty-plus twos. Nah, no, I was not doing that. But it was a good day, <laughs> Glen Helen, and hot one, getting hot out here in SoCal. So
2: good yeah, yeah. Start. Kellen, getting ready for the nationals, Justin.
0: All <laughs> right, on. <laughs>
2: Well, all right, so we're going to talk about episode 424, but right before we do, uh, breaking news, I, I was just scrolling through social media, and uh, Justin, you, you have a little news. Uh, what's up, man? What's going on?
3: Yeah, it was uh, kind of a tough decision to make, but uh, yeah, I decided to part ways with uh, FXR Chevrolet Honda. Um, nothing against those guys whatsoever, they've been honestly absolutely amazing uh, all season to me. And- you know we've been it's been a really weird year and probably the worst year to start a team um so that's definitely a bummer but uh yeah it's just been uh it's been odd the pandemic definitely did not help the whole situation with everything and racing and um yeah just uh yeah it's kind of hard to say right now um because it's it's literally i i think I posted that like ten minutes ago yeah you know?
2: yeah it yeah it was right <laughs> I, before we went on,
3: yeah, so I can't really say a whole lot um about it all but yeah, nothing against those guys whatsoever. It's not I'm not leaving because of someone on the team or anyone involved in the team or anything like that. It has nothing to do with them. So I want to make sure that that's known. Um, but, uh, yeah, just uh, – yeah, well, I'm I still going to be racing when Supercross starts back up, and uh, I'll have news on what I got going on here uh, – probably in the next uh,
2: week or so. Okay, yeah, so everybody stay tuned to Justin Starling's social media, Instagram and Twitter, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get this news, and maybe maybe on an upcoming Pulp Show we'll find out more. But let's get into this episode 424. Um, I felt like this show was a little strange, a little odd uh, feeling to it. It wasn't like the normal vibe. Um, Kellen, what did you think of episode 424 and Andy Gregg? Yeah, it
0: definitely did seem like, maybe after Villapoto and Alessi were on the phone, it, it like trailed off a little bit and I, I don't know if I can point to a reason why, maybe just because you turn on the Pulp show and expect to hear like motocross and supercross news, but there was almost none of it to talk about. Like they did talk about the fight club a little bit. Um, but he didn't really get too into what's going on with the Glendale plan or anything along those lines. So it really was just kind of like a, a show about random stories that were being brought up by different guests. And, uh, definitely did have kind of a different vibe to it for sure
2: yeah what did you think justin uh the show overall uh you know and me saying it seems strange it was nothing to do with andy gregg and studio it was just the overall vibe of the show um what were your thoughts
3: yeah i don't think it has anything to do with the guests or anything i think uh maybe the lack of racing is making it a little hard to keep talking about past stuff mm-hmm. um but yeah i think like there was a lot of uh motor fight club which i didn't really know much about until the show but now i feel like i'm You know, I know everything about it, because that's pretty much what was talked about 90% of the time, it felt like. Right. Um, Yeah, then maybe some sprint cars, and and (laughs) then baseball. I was like, okay, you know, like, what kind of show is this now? But um, yeah, yeah, I thought it was still pretty good. I was hoping to have a little bit more rivalry between RV and Alessi um, in, like, the amateur days, and then I was also hoping to hear a little bit more, uh, maybe some insights on the Supercross season that you know we're trying to you know get going again so
0: yeah yeah um yeah it was
2: a little
3: it was a little odd but yeah i still stuck through the
2: whole thing well both those topics you mentioned we are going to touch on in this uh this episode of the pulp Mix wrap-up show um obviously andy greg I, ta- I mentioned from guts racing huge sponsor of many of the teams in the pit such as uh rockstar husqvarna justin uh, have you used guts racing seat covers have you ever used them
3: yeah, I've been uh, I've been using it for I think five or six years now. Okay, um, absolutely love it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely one of the best seat covers I've ever used. It's definitely one that I can keep, you know, on my bike the longest without putting a hole through it, which is really nice.
2: Heck yeah!
3: Um, and then also when I had rode the the Huskies the past three years, um, yeah, I could use the wing seat, and uh, that thing was absolutely amazing, especially with me having you know really long legs, so my knees were having a little bit of trouble to pinch the the bike in the whoops and that thing really helped me and especially on starts too, being able to put my legs a little bit in front of it um yeah that thing has a lot of uh beneficial uh you know items to it so yeah Yeah. i really like the wing
2: rad rad okay so you mentioned you guys mentioned the moto fight club um and that's going to be shown on fight.tv and it's f-i-t-e uh so I, i looked this thing up not a ton of information uh, on the specifics, but Steve talked about it a lot throughout the nights. asked a lot of the guests who they're most excited to see. Uh, so at this event, we're going to have Michael Essie, Damon Bradshaw, uh, Travis Pastrana, Ivan Tedesco, Jeff Stanton, Kevin Wyndham, Ryan Villapoto, Ryan Sipes, Jack and Coke, Jake Weimer, and Brock Glover. Uh, I had Bradshaw on my show, the Moto X-Pod show, a couple weeks ago, and he brought this thing up. Sounds pretty exciting, be- mainly because we have no racing, period. So just to get something... Um, it's gonna be fantastic. It'll be May twelfth, four PM Pacific, seven Eastern. Sounds like it's gonna be some bracket racing and there's some uh you know, some uh, last chance type things if somebody doesn't make it where we're gonna see some cool battles. Kellen, what listening to Pulp Show Monday night, what got did this thing get you fired up and talking about it and what are you most excited for?
0: Yeah, I, I'm definitely pretty fired up for it. I mean, anytime you can get that many legends of the sport together in one event, it's always You know, it sounds like it's going to be a recipe for success. And I particularly like that there's, like, a a seeming drive to have a rivalry uh, be part of the the show, if you will. Like, they have the Villapoto, the Alessi, or they have the Stan versus the Bradshaw. You know, they have the, the, you know, Wyndham versus Pastrana or whatever. Like, it's meant to almost, like, relive some rivalries of the past or friendships or whatever you want to call it of the past. Um, and so I, I like that because it really does feel like a, a good throwback race and a good throwback event, which is meant to just be like a good time with good people uh, getting together and just racing dirt bikes, which is, you know, going to be a really good one to see.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Jake Weimer, uh, I don't, I think he called in or maybe they called him. But either way, um, you know, Jake's always a great guest. He's going to be part of this event. And, uh, you know, he said something, Justin, that I kind of liked. He said, you know, we may be friends off the track, but when the gate drops, it's on. Like they, that racer mentality. For all these guys, especially I got a feeling Damon Bradshaw, it's still there. So I I think we're gonna we're gonna see something that's gonna be at the very least fun. It may not be super, super aggressive. There's different levels of or different ages of these guys and probably different levels of abilities at this point in their lives, but I think it's gonna be pretty rad, and I think Steve did a really good job of promoting it.
3: Yeah, I think it'll be pretty cool. It'll uh I mean, I think it wouldn't be as hyped up if there was no, if there was racing going on right now, you know, or even if it'd be going on if there was racing, I'm not really sure, but, uh, right. yeah, it seems like it'd be pretty cool. I mean, I'm a big fan of any type of legend racer and like seeing them cause obviously I wasn't really around when they were racing. So, um, yeah, it'd be cool to see those guys ride. I mean, Bradshaw is kind of a, a badass, so I'm excited to see him go, but, uh. Yeah, it's going to be kind of odd because you have like Tedesco who's still riding and testing and doing all that stuff a lot, right? And then you have Alessi where you know he is doing the same thing, like still riding and racing so much. So uh, you have some guys that are kind of off the couch, and then some guys that are just you know still hammering motos like they were back in the day. But um, yeah, don't no, I think. But I mean, if you were asking me, I feel like Spice is going to come through. He's always good at these random races. So I mean, yeah, it should be it should be pretty interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and a question that Steve asked throughout the evening for, from different guests that were on was, you know, who are you most excited in this event to see? Uh Andy Greg Greg who you know, wants to see Jeff Stanton, who we haven't seen really in any kind of competition in a long time. Jason Thomas was up for uh, Michael Lessy and Travis Marks and Ryan Villapoto. Um, you know, Weimer and a few other I think Adam Cincerillo mentioned they would like to see uh, James Stewart versus Chad Reed, that's not going to happen this year, maybe in the future, but um, Kellen, just out of the guys that are going to be there, is there anybody that stands out that you really like, hey, I, w- I can't wait to see what this dude does?
0: For me, um, I just love every time Travis Pastrana ends up deciding to race an event because he always makes it just astronomically more interesting. Um, you know, I went to Red Bud in 2018 when they, they qualified through the B main in the morning of uh, the motocross nations and Like, Pastrana was just hanging off the bike, riding that thing as hard as he could, and you could tell that he doesn't have the same level of skills that he had racing-wise, but he always finds a way to make it interesting by riding as hard as he possibly can for as long as he possibly can. So I'm looking forward to Pastrana making this thing interesting again. Yeah,
2: and this this event is 1995, I believe, on Fight.tv. I would have to assume most of us Moto fans are going to pay the twenty bucks to see it. Uh, you know, maybe Tits is going to. He said he's going to borrow Marx's account, but either way, I think it's going to be a good event for us to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, two of the the big names on this thing, and two of the longtime rivals, especially in the amateur days, Ron Villapoto, Michael lessi, Somehow, Steve was able to get both those guys on at the same time. Uh, maybe it's you know over the years you lose some of that. Uh, whatever the issue was between the two but they really seem to get along and Travis Marks, he made the comment that he likes the fact that they get along I kind of didn't I wanted to hear I wanted to hear some uh dislike Justin I wanted to hear these guys want to kill each other like they used to What did you think of the Ron Villapoto Michael interview
3: Yeah I mean I would I would have you know really hoped to hear something about rivalry and the amateur you know career and all that uh, I was actually really expecting that and that was a big part part of uh you know making sure i listen to that i actually listened to it twice twice just to make sure i didn't miss something yeah um but yeah it. did uh i mean it was cool i mean I, it's it's kind of hard whether you know they're both kind of retired i mean they both ride it a lot and still race like little random things but um yeah i mean I, I feel like they're probably both over the past but i was really hoping to hear something you know about the, the amateur career that those two had together
2: yeah they re- steve didn't really touch on it a ton i mean he he kind of briefly touched on it and i feel like steve was trying to maybe get a little bit of hype going but the guy well i guess michael lessee made the comment oh we're you know we're still going to be sawing each other's friend ends off and he kind of made a little joke about oh i can't wait to rv by the end he's going to be drunk you know he was friendly j- jabbing but at the same time maybe trying to create a little hype and rv was just oh no no it's going to be friendly racing you know so I just I don't know, man. I think it. I think their mindset was more just to promote the event. But if we had had a little bit of rivalry type feelings, I think it'd make it even more exciting. But regardless, like I said, it's going to be a fun event, and it it was cool hearing them on there. Like Steve, Steve kind of made, or I don't think it was Steve. Somebody made the joke about maybe it was Andy about um, Alessi if he was going to stand on Ivan Tedesco's bike again, or vice versa. Maybe Ivan would stand on. On Alessi's bike, and that would really—that'd be fun if one of them did that. You know, <laughs> at least it would play it up a little bit. But who knows what we're gonna see on the 12th? But I'll be, definitely be tuning in. Um, okay, so a little bit ago, you mentioned uh, Kellen. I think about the races coming up. Um, where are we gonna race? We don't know, right? You—you work at Racer X. You guys are on top of this as much as possible. But Monday night they mentioned that Houston's possibly a backup. Uh, Arizona's obviously the the primary place we've been hearing. They mentioned that Vegas could be uh, going on. It could be a backup. And Justin, you mentioned that you heard uh, Florida. So there's all these things in the air, Kellen. Um, man, we got to get this thing going. We got to figure something out. Steve made the comment. You know, like they need to let us know something by the end of the week, and that was four nights ago now. So what do you think about it, man? It's, we got to get this thing going. It's a hot topic.
0: Yeah, and I fully agree with Steve. Like, an announcement, I think, needs to be made. You know, I I understand that the riders will just kind of be ready to go and and they'll be in shape and training and all that. But teams-wise, you know, they have to figure out how to basically pack up everything and move to a parking lot for a month. And so, like, logistically speaking, they really have to kind of batten down the hatches and really figure out how this whole thing is going to work. And if it's thrown on them with, like, A week and a half, two weeks notice, I feel like that makes the whole situation very tough and kind of almost more tense than it needs to be. So I'm kind of surprised uh, that we haven't heard anything from from Feld at this point about what their plans are, what they might be thinking about doing, just so that the teams and and really everybody can kind of plan for it.
2: Yeah, and I think, Justin, the fact that we haven't heard anything yet probably means that they... uh, clearly it has to mean they don't know, but as a racer, a guy that's going to be in this series and a guy that needs to figure out if you're going all the way to the west coast or staying home or you know coming over here where I'm at in Houston you know near Houston um which I'm all for the Houston one um but like what what, what do you got to do how are you dealing with this you know what what do you need to have happen
3: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm down to race anywhere and everywhere. I mean, it doesn't really matter to me where it is um and I will be ready for when they say we're going to race which I believe is May 31st. Um, but the biggest thing for me is I just like, I just want to know where, you know, like that's the, that's the, that's the key feature of this whole thing. Um, I feel like we have an idea of of when we're going to race. I feel like they're going to stick to that. It's just, I'm interested to know where it's going to be. And, um, you know, I would really have liked to have known that a week ago. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I mean, I was expecting to hear something by Wednesday and that day is coming gone and we still haven't heard anything or even any more, like any more news um i mean i've heard florida i've heard uh houston i've heard vegas i've heard arizona and at this point i'm like okay so do we have an idea of which one like i just don't know you know like it seems like it's you know 50 50 for any single one that there is you know they're all about equal so um yeah i mean i think the tough thing you know if they if they happen to come east you know to florida like that'd be great because i'm only about an hour away from tampa but it would be really tough on teams because then you've got to, you know, basically pack everything you have to, to to go for a month in one place. You know, that kind of gets tough. So, uh, yeah, I feel like we should know something by now. I mean, I, I'd be a little bit surprised if we go into the weekend without knowing anything.
2: Yeah, you know, with the Pulp net, uh, the pulp World, basically, the Pulp MX show on Monday nights and, and then, like, Jason Thomas' industry seating so, show, they've talked about this a lot. He's, they've done a really good job of covering, you know, what they feel like needs to happen. Um you know, JT, I think, wants it to be safe and for the business of fly racing would like almost like to see it after the Nationals in the fall. But, um, you know, the fact that J or Mathis is not afraid to say, hey, we need to know something. He's he's covering this like a, a good media guy would. I'm sure we just saying the same thing. And you guys at Racer X say, hey, like the riders need to know the media, even if they don't get to know, get to go, they need to know calling uh Colin fell out a little bit and saying, Hey, let's this we gotta figure this thing out. It's really coming up fast. But um all right, let's move on. Adam C and Cirillo, obviously a show favorite, a show regular, really good friends with Steve. Um always a fantastic interview. But Kellen's being the video game video game god that you are, um there was a lot of discussion of AC's Call of Duty squad, which I'm not a gamer, so I have no idea how that works. But um did you enjoy the video game discussion with Adam and what he's doing in his downtime
0: yeah and and I liked it not because I'm like a you know a video game guy or whatever, but it just did resonate with me that that is you know more of like a human aspect that of these writers that we don't always get to see, like yes Adam seerillo, you might just randomly run into him in a call of duty lobby one night like that just will that'll be something that could happen and and I really liked that he talked about how his squad. Of players that he plays with kind of got together. Like they're not all moto industry people or whatever. Like they're just some people that he he met online, and now they're you know relatively good friends, and they get on and they game, and it's a good way to connect with people during this time where we really aren't supposed to be, you know, connecting one on one or close together with people. So um, I really just like hearing that story and, and how he's been able to kind of you know turn this whole quarantine into a fun little game night every week or every night of the week for him
2: yeah exactly and i like what you said you know with the pulp show lots and lots of reasons why we love listening to the pulp show but part of that is the 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 personalities that we get on the show like an adam cincirillo and, and we always say oh we don't want the cookie cutter stuff right we don't want the my bike was great the track was great blah 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 we we want hey i'm i'm playing video games with my buddies you know i i'm whatever i'm watching uh netflix and i didn't like tiger king and i tried to start breaking bad but i didn't get to it. like it doesn't have to be just moto related steve does a, a damn good job of getting into those things um justin i'm gonna ask you you know what you thought of the video game stuff but then i have a second question for you but uh are you a gamer
3: yeah i mean uh of course i'm a motocross kid i feel like everyone games that you know it <laughs> does that um we all have our little buddies and, and stuff that we play with but uh yeah, uh, I'm not too much of the Call of Duty Warzone. Um, it's really difficult for me. I don't know why, but I'm really bad at it. But if you want to put me in, like, team deathmatch, I'm all right. <laughs> um, I've been actually trying to get better at Fortnite because I'm the type of dude that if I suck at something, I try to get better at it. And uh, I can't figure out the building on that thing. So, um, yeah, that's just not my, my cup of tea. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I pretty much game. It, it seems like almost every night if I have a little bit of time. Um <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's cool to hear that other people, you know, especially at that caliber, because um, he's obviously a way higher level than I am, uh, but it's cool to see that those guys are still having fun playing video games like I am.
2: Yeah, I think so. It is a fun conversation, and Kellen's still speaking of video games. Uh, Chris Betts called in after Adam, and, you know, obviously AC's uh, right-hand man, his corner guy, uh, and it sounds like there may be a little video game challenge be going between him and Steve coming up. Um Again, I don't know much about either of these games that they talked about. Um, Sorry, I just, I I got to buy a new game console. But anyway, are you excited about the possible video game challenge?
0: I am. um, And and to give a little, like, backstory to this whole thing, too, uh, I actually got a call from Steve, like, uh, a month ago now or so, and he was just, like, almost, like, in a frenzy where he's, like, bro, I don't know how to play this game. I, I don't even have the game. I got to get the game because Chris Betts is going to take me down, and I got to figure this out. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Um, Steve actually mentioned on the show that, like, I've been training him or or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's not that in-depth. It's just he's called a couple times and been like, hey, how do I approach this corner or, or how do I, you know, scrub this jump or whatever. <laughs> so um, it's just kind of funny to see that, you know, they, they've worked out this challenge and um, – I really do feel like Steve's at a pretty big disadvantage, not only because Chris Betts is a gamer and plays that game pretty regularly, but they're also going to play MLB The Show. And even though Steve probably plays that a little bit more than the Supercross game, I still think you can't take on a Major League Baseball player that knows pitches and signs and all this stuff like that, even in a video game, and and expect to beat him. But it could could be interesting.
2: That's interesting that you'd say that. Yeah, I never thought of it like that. All right, Justin. So with Adam Cirella, there was some moto talk, and there was some stuff that I found very insightful coming from Adam, as usual with him. Um, he, you know, he discussed the fact that with this little break in his rookie rookie season that has happened, uh, you know, with not something they wanted to happen, but it, you know, they, he's making the best of it, and he is going to basically say his rookie season's over, and we're going to start my second season once we get going again. Uh, I think that's probably pretty good for him, mentally. That's a good idea. What are your thoughts on that? Was that something that would work for you, you think, or that's going to work for him? How do you feel about it?
3: Yeah, I mean, that was probably my favorite thing that was said on the show. Honestly, I thought that kind of showed a lot about who he is as a racer, and uh, he doesn't want to have that little, you know, basically it's like a crutch if you think about it. You know, you have a bad race all rookie, you know, and he basically just wants to throw that out the window, and in a a way, you kind of almost have to look at this, you know, finish to the season as another season, um, because it's just so, it's just so weird. So, I mean, he's had this time to to take a break and reflect on how the beginning went, and basically use that uh, towards the end of the season. And yeah, I thought that was probably the coolest thing. I, I mean, I I don't think you'd hear that be said by anyone, but maybe like Cooper Webb or something. And um, yeah, that just shows a lot of the mental strength. And I uh, yeah, I think that was genius. I think that's a great way to look at the rest of the season.
2: Same, same. I agree. All right, I want to thank our sponsors, Guts Racing. Uh, for the highest performance seat covers and foam on the market, visit gutsracing.com. And Michelin Bicycle Tires, if you want the tires Camp Zinc and Sam Hill Run, visit bike.michelin.com for details. Or you can go to motorsport.com and buy any of these products, either of those two products, and many of the other Pulpamex sponsors. Um, speaking of the Pulpamex sponsors, go to pulpamexshow.com for all the sponsor names, links, codes, discount codes, uh, and support the guys that support the shows that you love, including industry seating and Chris Kiefer testing, and of course the wrap-up show. Um, and one of the major sponsors of the Pulp MX show is of course Race Tech, and we love the Race Tech rant. <clears throat> so Monday night there was a rant that it's a topic a lot of people bring up, a lot of people tweet Steve about, and he got into it and it was pretty open. I feel like he was pretty honest. You know, um, obviously we don't know really what happened between the two guys but um he discussed why ping hasn't been on the show in a while and it's something i've wondered um i've made some comments i talked to grant Langston recently and brought it up um but steve you know steve goes on saying that he typically pays his guests 100 bucks and he pays for their flights and ping was wanting like 420 uh he thought it was funny um and then the politics thing was what Ping had said is was, was why he wasn't back in. Is that Steve didn't like his politics and they just wasn't going to have him back in studio. Steve says that's not accurate, Kellen. Um, I don't know how well you know that Ping if, if at, at all anymore because I mean I know he used to work or he he doesn't work for Racer X anymore, correct?
0: Correct. Yeah.
2: Okay. So there were some things brought up with that too. He uh, I guess Ping had uh, made the comment that Racer X or Steve there were grease in their pockets with the live shows. Um, which I think that's a little silly. Uh, you know, these guys have to pay for venues; it's not cheap. Uh, you know, so and it's a business. But Kellen, what do you think about that? You work for Racer X; you know a little bit about that part of it. Um, just overall, what do you think of the Racetech rant?
0: Yeah, um, it was it was such a like weird. For for my perspective, it was kind of weird because I feel like I know a little bit more about the situation now that I, I work at Racer X and I hear a little bit more about the whole story of how it shook down. But um, as a fan of of Paul. It was just nice to hear Steve touch on it because, as you said, he's been tweeted it a lot or asked it a lot, and he kind of just usually brushes it off. But because Ping, in his article at Ping on Vital, had said something about it and, and what he thought was the, the true story, it was nice to hear Mathis' rebuttal to that. Um, but it was weird that Ping was talking about grief in the pockets and stuff like that because, you know, like at the end of the day, it, it is for profit. Like, even Ping and the whiskey throttle show, I'm sure that they want to make a little bit of money off of that. That's why they have sponsors. that's why they have a studio where they have guests you know pay to come and watch and stuff like that. Um, I'm not really sure why that that you know that comment would be would have been made from ping, but um like I said, it's just nice to hear Matthew's actual response to it instead of him just brushing it off again
2: yeah, Justin unlike a lot of the race tech rants. Steve kept pretty calm. Like, I think this was a serious issue. Like, you know, his race tech ran about, say, Chick-fil-A or or whatever, another topic we're going to talk about here in a little bit. He kind of gets all riled up and animated. But this was a serious topic, and I think he handled it in sort of a surprising way for me.
3: Yeah, I think he, you know, I, I actually really like that he kept his calm because I mean, I don't know the whole situation. I kind of stay out of that kind of drama or whatever it could be type stuff. I don't really look too much into it. Um, but I mean, it seemed like it was kind of something that was a little bit touchy to him in a Mm -hmm. way. Like maybe it kind of hit home a little bit more than just, you know, all this Chick-fil-A or something like that, you know, or something like that, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was cool to see him. keep his calm with it. Um, but then it might be a reason why he did that, you know, whatever. But, uh, Yeah. I mean, I'm not a very big political guy. I really try to stay away from it. Everyone has their own opinion. Um, And then when it comes to like the grease in the pockets thing, I mean, everyone's trying to make money with regards to what it is, you know, but it's still for them to do that. It costs them money to do it. So, of course, you want to make your money back and maybe make a little bit money for your time. It's just how it is. So that was kind of you know upsetting to hear, but I also don't really look at anything that Pink says um, or does at all to be honest with you. So okay, yeah, I don't really know what goes on on that side, but I mean, I was definitely more on um, you know Steve's side with this, and I definitely think that he would say maybe a little bit more of the truth than maybe what's going on.
2: Yeah, I think so. I I I believe Steve, you know, and I I don't know Ping super well, but I think Ping, or I think Steve handled this race tech rant well, and I, I appreciate the fact that he did let us inside on kind of a serious topic. You know, I mean it's they were really good friends. Uh right now they're not. Maybe they'll get that back. But I appreciated him letting us inside his life a little bit with or his story with Ping a little bit. Um it, it was good. So much appreciated. He did make a little jab at me towards the end when he was saying that, you know, Ping kind of got some of his I don't, not notoriety, I don't remember how he worded it, but people became the, more familiar with him from being on the Pulp Show, as he mentioned Grant Langston and a lot of other people. But yeah, he made a little jab at me because he said even even Darkseid has a show now. He said everybody has a show, podcast, but um, yeah, I always have to be a jab at me, Steve. I don't understand what that's about. Here's a Here's a hot topic for the night. This was a fun topic. There's been a ton of social media responses and people discussing it, but Chris Kiefer... And Steve Mathis were at Glen Helen, I believe it was Sunday, and a little incident happened where I guess somebody was needing some help with the easy up, and Steve didn't help. And that's that's the big topic. You know, Chris Kiefer says, Hey, if you're at the track, help your guy, the guy next to you with the easy up. Even if he doesn't ask, you just give him a hand. Steve doesn't really agree, Kellen. Um, he says, If you bring an easy up to the track, you better be able to do it yourself. And he also said, if you look for help, you're a pussy. So (laughs) Steve, Steve's opinion is, uh, again, one of those, that's uh, a little out there, maybe a little overboard for the show, possibly, or maybe that's how he really feels. What do you think, Kevin?
0: Yeah. At one point I was like, okay, Steve doesn't really believe this, right? Like he's just embellishing it for the show. There's no way that he's that cynical or whatever. Um, but yeah, like, I, I guess like I fall in the middle of this a little bit where I understand what Steve's saying, where you can't bring it to the track and expect someone to help you. Um, like that's not just something that you should rely on, I guess. I agree with um, that. But from Keeper's perspective, which is, is what I agree with, it's like, yeah, if there's somebody that, you know, maybe they don't look like they need help or whatever, but go over there and just offer it and, and maybe you make a good friend out of that and, and uh that's how you know friendships are, are built in in this sport that we love, and um I think all of us just want to go to the track and ride with our buddies, so if you make a new buddy just by you know taking down a tent, I don't think there's anything wrong with that and uh you know, even today, when I was at Glen Helen with Chris Kiefer, there was people around us that were taking down their tents, and Kiefer you know would go around and offer to help and and uh even tweeted this later that you know <laughs> a jabbing about it like yeah oh yeah, I'll help them. you know there's people all around taking down tents and um, yeah I just think that you know if someone is at the track next to you go help take down the tent you don't know it could be your buddy that uh, you have for the next 20 years
2: a hundred percent I agree with you but you know I, I Steve has the point well what if I go over there and there's a dead body in the van um, you know so there may be some repercussions if you go help somebody see thanks but I think <laughs> Steve I think Steve is very wrong on this topic Justin I mean he, I don't think you should be obligated to go help but there's no reason to go help and Mike uh kellen just said this sport man for me is really about friendships and buddies and hanging out and shit talking and bench racing and i have no problem helping somebody with you know I, I helped somebody this last weekend out here near austin at a track where i was leaving the track and i stopped and got out of my van to help the guy with this with his easy up um what side are you on there justin you
3: no know, i'm 100 percent on keefers not on steves whatsoever with this one um, you know, I don't think I think everyone that brings a canopy to the track can put their own canopy up by themselves. There's no doubt about that that they can do that. However, it's just, it's just a nice thing to do just to offer your help. And sometimes they'll say no, or sometimes they be like, oh yeah, thanks. Cause, I mean, it's, it's it's not that much fun to put those things up, but it definitely is a lot nicer. And it's just a uh, you know just be kind. You know, that's kind of all it is. <laughs> just offer some help. You know, it's not. It takes maybe two minutes out of your day to help someone put a, put a canopy up or even take the canopy down. And I mean, for me, I, I'm the type of guy I'll help just about anyone with anything. So yeah, I have no problem helping someone, and I would expect it, you know, to get offered, you know, someone to help me.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and if they
3: did, I would take it. You know, it's just uh, it's just the way it is. But I mean, I don't think you're obligated to go to the track. You'd be like, all right, I got to find five people to help the canopies up because that's my I'm gonna be a good guy. <laughs>
0: that's not <laughs> how it is. You know, saying? Right.
3: It's just if if. You see someone that maybe they're struggling a little bit, or hey, maybe that's you know someone I could be friends with. Like, oh, we ride together. Help them. Not a big deal. Even if you don't know the guy, just if, offer it. That's, you know, the worst thing I could say is no. At least you tried.
2: I uh, yeah, you're you're right. I think this is the one that, uh, you know, unlike the ping thing, I think this is one that um, Steve's wrong on. Uh, he's wrong often with his, some of his opinions, but I think he's really really wrong on this one. Um, but hey, to each his own. You know, he's not being like an a hole to him, and just like throwing the middle finger up and laughing at him. But I still think he's wrong. Um, All right, Justin, Steve asked me to ask you, uh, you know, why did you not come in studio the night Michael Lindsay was in? I think that was probably right before Supercross.
3: Yeah, so we had went up and rode at Carson Mumford's house the day of the show, and uh, my girlfriend had a flight back the next morning out of LAX, and I just did not think it was going to be possible to drive all the way to Vegas and then get all the way home, have her bags packed from Temecula, and then drive all the way to LAX and put her on a flight to Europe. So, um, yeah, I, I was super bummed. We tried to debate it for, like, all pretty much all morning before we left at, like, 4 in the morning to go to Mumpsburg. And uh, it just wasn't going to be possible. It was going to be a lot of driving back and forth. And, you know, you have, I, I just it, it just wasn't possible. I was super bummed on it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, I, I, most of us lo- would love to be in studio. Kellen's got to do it a few times. I did it once. Um, so, yeah, I don't think you I, – I, I didn't assume that it was just like, screw that, I didn't want to go in there. I knew there had to be a good story. So oh, that, I,
3: want, I wanted to go so bad. Yeah.
2: So I, bad. Yeah, you're, you're a super fan, man, and I think that's cool um, that writers listen and – yeah, I think he he probably even knew the reason. It was just good content maybe. Maybe that's why he asked, to, asked me to ask you what was up. But I, I knew there had to be a good story there. Um,
3: I, I offered to change my girlfriend's flight for like $1,000. Like that's how bad oh, wow. I wanted to go. And she said no. And I was like, <laughs> all right, fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, you probably did the right thing. You got to do right by your chick first. Um, of course. All right, so Chris Betts calls in, as we talked about, after seen Cirillo. And the topic I want to talk about, Bets, was the discussion that night was a little bit about – there's some social media discussion going on. Uh, Steve mentioned that some some listeners or some t- Twitter followers or some people were trying to tell Chris Betts, uh, the professional athlete, how he should be catching. Um, I don't know shit about catching, but I damn sure wouldn't be telling a professional catcher how to catch, Kellen Brower.
0: Yeah, I, I can't believe it, that that was – something that somebody actually did, um, you know, he he's in a system with the Tampa Bay Rays where there are coaches for everything, like literally everything. So there's a lot of catch coaches as well that are probably studying the game and telling him, you know, different ways that he could set up for pitches and stuff like that. And, and it seems like Chris himself is a pretty good student of the game as well. Like he's not just ignoring other games that are happening. So I couldn't believe that someone would just be like – yeah, you got to stick your foot out. It's like I think he would know that, and he's obviously <laughs> done it. Like, you know, that that's something that Steve even said. Like, yeah, bro, you can go and look at stuff that he's done, and yeah, look, his flipped out. There he is, catching with his foot out again. Um, but I guess that's just the, the, the time that we live in, the nature that we live in, that everybody has a say in everything because everybody has a social media account or whatever. So you can just say whatever you want to anybody, and uh, yeah, yeah. that one I don't think sticks very well.
2: No, no, it doesn't. Justin, uh, as a professional athlete, I'm sure you you get some things like this. You, I'm sure you get Twitter messages. Um, you know, the Pulp Nation, first of all, they're pretty hardcore. So these guys are busting on uh, on bets about his signing bonus and giving him shit and, you know, all the media, social media questions. Um, and, you know, we see Steve, right? We see stuff on Steve's Twitter all the time where he has to respond to somebody who says something shitty or dumb or giving some crazy advice of what he should do and he usually busts on him about you know not having an avatar or something or a fake name um and I, what do you see from this what do you think do you get the same kind of things do you how do you deal with it
3: yeah i get it all the time i mean when, when we go to racing it's you know oh you should have took the inside here or, you know you should have ran a little wider here or done this different i'm like man like okay like i get it <laughs> you know yeah. like we get told this stuff all the time, and you know we have people that film us when we race, and we see stuff. And then you have some guy out there. You click on his Instagram profile, and his visor is touching his mouthpiece, and he's out <laughs> here telling you what to do. And I'm like, oh, right, okay. Well, hey, lift yeah. your visor up so you can actually see where you're going. <laughs> you yeah. know. And so, but then it's a little different. I mean, like that's maybe a little bit more understanding. But dirt bike guy is telling you that. But then when someone goes all the way to pulp to tell someone that's getting paid like what, like 1.5 million. Or something like that, you know, to throw a baseball. It's like, okay, whoa, like you're, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, like that doesn't make sense at all. So, but yeah, we get we get the same stuff, and yeah. I can only imagine like what the the bigger guys are getting too. And you know, it's, and I'm just another guy out there.
2: Yeah, but I really do like Chris Betts as a caller, as a as a you know sometimes guest, and he clearly is a super fan of the sport. I'm glad that Pulp Nation introduced him to us. Uh, seems like a nice guy. I've had him on this show. And uh yeah he's cool man so I, I hope he he just keep lets it kind of you know what what's the t- term uh slide off his shoulder or whatever you know just don't don't worry about it just go on he seems pretty level headed um but social media is the devil i think at this point um all right, so a couple other things to talk about let's uh how about raining yellow raining yellow is a regular caller um gets a lot of shit from the pulp fans like I do, but he is ha- he is painting a custom helmet himself with the Red Bull logo logo and Steve and pretty much everybody in the studio says, nah, man, that's not cool. Can't do it. I uh, want to get your thoughts, Kellen.
0: Yeah. That, I just can't believe that he called in the pulp to say that just because like that sounds like a cease and desist order waiting <laughs> to you- happen where Red Bull catches wind of that. And they're like, no, no, he can't, no way. You know? And, and Red Bull seems like one of the few energy drink companies that is pretty, you know, tight about that stuff. Like, you know, there's monster hats everywhere. There's rockstar hats everywhere. But you you don't see Red Bull hats unless they're on the athletes. So, um, yeah, it's very interesting that he would decide to do that. And I, I guess I can kind of I get it because I know, you know, I used to like Red Bull helmets, and I know people that like Red Bull helmets. They're like, they're cool helmets because they're on cool athletes and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> kind of weird that he's just like, all right, all right, we're just paying Red Bull helmets out here. No big deal. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think it's kind of cool, Justin. I mean, I, I get what Kellen's saying, but I think it's kind of cool that if Raining Yellow, first of all, just has the ability to paint a Red Bull helmet. Like I, I couldn't do that. I, I, just don't have that ability. I thought that was cool that he was doing it, but I never, I personally never thought about the fact that Red Bull wouldn't, might not like it. Um, now, would I wear it? Eh, don't know. But what are, you, what are your thoughts, Justin?
3: Yeah, I mean everyone's goal, I think, in that race of the motorcycle, or in any type of sport, or really anything, is to be a Red Bull athlete um, and to get that Red Bull helmet or hat. Uh, As far as I'm aware, and I don't know if this is true, but I'm pretty sure it is that you can't—it's like fully illegal to run anything Red Bull on you unless you're an athlete. Uh-huh. Um, unless you're buying some type of, like, T-shirt that's, I don't know, a Red Bull athlete, you know, signature shirt or something. Yeah. Um, and it has a Red Bull logo Licensed. on it. But as far as I know, like, it's illegal to do graphics and have, like, a graphic company put Red Bull on it. So, yeah, I, I, I probably wouldn't have gone on the Pulp Show and said, hey, I'm painting a Red Bull helmet.
2: Well, I support... listeners to Paul. Yeah, I support, so. Ray, I support Rainy Yellow because he gets shit on like I do, and he's just a super fan <laughs> that loves the show. So I'm going to support J- uh, Rainy Yellow on that. Um, all right, so how about this? Steve, we, we love the show. Obviously, I say that all the time. We're big fans. We love the fact that Steve is back racing or riding and, and did some racing at Glen Helen, uh, and we thank Chris Kiefer for hounding him for a long time to get this to happen. But it really seems like sometimes that Steve, as with a lot of things, can be fairly negative at times. And, uh, you know, Steve does not want to go to Western anymore on days that are busy. And him and Tit said, you know, they don't want to go when it's rough and rocky. I, I find it hard to comprehend. It doesn't seem like he just loves to ride dirt bikes. Just like I just love the fact that I get to go ride a dirt bike, Justin. Um, there's, there's always this little touch of negativity.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> he's a fair weather rider for sure. Um, I, I get it I, personally for me, I love riding rough tracks and for him, it seems like he likes to ride just smooth and be out of there by 9am if it opens at eight. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. I mean, everyone has their own thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, as long as you're riding a dirt bike and he enjoys it, but I mean, if, fair weather riders can only go so far and he can only ride so much, you know, and I also like riding with all my buddies too, so I mean, kind of the more the merrier. But uh, yeah, he seems like he likes to do the the private ride days and ride through track only.
2: Yeah, I'm down with the more the merrier part for sure, um, Kellen. I'm you know the same age as Steve, or right there. I'm about to be 45, um, so I the, I understand the not loving the rough stuff and the rocky stuff because at this age, uh, first of all, I'm not that talented and we've seen that, I think, in the past. Some of you guys have seen the video. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I like it in the morning also when it's like a brownie and the first few lines are in there. But the fact is, you know, if I get a chance, I, I want to be at the track pretty much all day and hang out with my buddies. Uh, Kellen, I mean, first of all, you got to be happy that Steve's back, and we get the content of him talking about being back. But what about this fair weather stuff?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was well, great to see Steve back riding. You're absolutely right about that. I mean, he... He definitely seems like at least sometimes he's really enjoying himself. And I think that, you know, in, in with the mountain biking that he's been doing, he's lost a ton of weight, too. So it's great to see him back out there and uh, getting after it. But, yeah, I can, I can, I guess, kind of sympathize with him a little bit about the fair weatherness of it because as a, you know, keyboard warrior myself, if that's what you want to call it, uh, every time I get out on the track, I feel like I go like three laps and my arms are, you know, the size of watermelons and everything like that. So um, I, I can get why you don't want to ride, like, a really rough, gnarly track that much, but I would also just like riding, period. So, you know, take take a couple motos, take a couple laps, whatever you need, and, you know, get your arms a little bit more used to it, go back out again, keep going back out, and eventually he'll like it. So I think that he just needs to kind of buckle down and put the motos in, and, and I think he'll enjoy that rough stuff again.
2: I hope so, but I do love hearing the stories, so let's keep those going. Um, hey, I want to mention again, I, I, towards the end of the show, there is a new episode of Hello Pookie, so check that out. And if you guys have any comments, any suggestions, anything you want to ask Pookie, anything you want us to talk about, just reach out to me at darkside at com, and I'll get those. Uh, I'll probably do some more Hello Pookie recordings in the next couple months. I've got a few already pre-recorded, but stay tuned for another episode of Hello Pookie. Um. All right. So, Kellen, working for Racer X, you deal with riders. Obviously, you're always trying to get content. And Steve brings up the point that um, writers need to be talking to media. uh, It's part of their job. And he wishes these guys would stick around after the races to get content. A lot of them leave or they bolt. You know, especially by the time the press conference is over. Uh, As a a guy for Racer X who's done a number of these races, do you find it? He's right. Do you find it's difficult to get content post-race?
0: Yeah, he's absolutely right. Like, if if you go to the press conference, you're shooting yourself in the foot, which is what Steve has said many times on the show, because you only get the top three in both classes. um, And then by the time you get back to the pit, sometimes there's there's very few people there, almost nobody there. Um, So it's definitely hard to get content. and, And I just, you know, I think from our perspective in the media, you know, we would like it to be a case where the rider's uh, would stay and talk to us, but I do also feel like I understand it a little bit. That they get there at eight in the morning, seven, eight in the morning, whatever, to you know get their their mindset ready for the race, and they don't want to be there till one a.m. the next day or whatever, waiting for us media to come find them wherever. So you know, personally, I wish that there was like a media scrum similar to Formula One, where there's a spot where the riders know the media will be, and the media know where the riders will be. So it's just a little bit easier to kind of have that relationship. Um, And maybe that would solve a couple problems, but, um, yeah, it's definitely a difficult task sometimes to run around and get everybody that you want to, uh, you know, finish your story off or get an interview with.
2: Yeah, I I agree uh, that it is difficult, um, and I don't know that I totally agree about them – you know that I, it is a long day. Supercross is a long day, but I still I don't think it's such a big deal that they those guys shouldn't. I think they should be required to stick around. Um, but Justin, you're one of those guys. So, what are your thoughts, man? I mean, do you try to stick around? Do you think like, hey, I'd rather just get out of here? Is it part of your job?
3: Well, personally, I think every rider would rather just get out of there. I mean, that's definitely no doubt. Do they're you know so early and it's a long day and it's a very mentally draining day, but. It's our job to stay and talk to media. I mean, regardless of how your night goes, you want your story out there because that's you know publicity for you. And it's we also need you know the the media around.
0: Mm-hmm. And if
3: we're not giving them stories, what's the point of them even going? And then all of a sudden they're not there, and you know we're <laughs> we're not getting any bigger. So uh, yeah, I mean, I stick around. Um, I mean, I went went and talked to you at the press conference in Denver uh, last year. Um,
2: Moto X Pod Show. I've
3: never. <laughs> yeah i've never had steve come talk to me one never uh keeper keeper has brought it up like hey did steve come talk to him i'm like nope he never has and i think that was actually at denver last year and uh yeah, yeah still to this day i don't think i ever have if i have i'm sorry and i don't remember it but i don't think he has and um yeah but i always try to stick around i mean i went to the town of this year i got 15th in the main did absolutely horrible in my opinion and um, yeah, I was the only rider outside of the top three in the press conference, you yeah. know. But I, or the press conference room, I went there and I talked to Guy B and uh, uh, Anton, and I got my story out there. And, you know, that's just that's just who I am. I like to uh, to talk to everyone, and um, it's good for me and it's good for them.
2: Yeah, and Steve is right about the fact that these teams, especially the privateer-ish teams like the Fxr team or the Hep team, who Speaking of help, they're really good about this, but those guys should make their riders go. Uh, I mean, it should
3: they're, be in contract for yeah, sure.
2: Yeah, you know, and I think Feld, um, I know Feld put, tells all the teams, hey, it's open to everybody. You guys should come, and they want them to come, but for some reason it doesn't happen very often. Uh, I do remember talking to you at Denver last year, or uh, was that, yeah, last year. And that yep. was the night that I asked Adam Ciancerillo about signing his 450 deal early, and things went a little negative for me after that with team Kawasaki but uh fun night I can't believe that Steve has never talked to you post-race I think the only way to make that up would be to have you in studio pay you 100 bucks and fly you out to Vegas to do a show
3: oh I'd go for free. okay yeah, just, just give me a to sleep on a couch or something and uh, a flight and I'm in I will they, I'll be there we can make it a 10-hour show for all I care I'm in
2: yeah so just you and your chick or just you or what Ah, oh, whatever. More the merrier, right? All right. Well, there you go, Steve. Uh, you can have him in and do a, have a moto guy. I mean, we've had Cade Clayson in and Alex Ray. We know there's riders out there that love this show. Justin's a fan. You can Let's, bring me
3: and Tristan. Tristan Lane. He just had him on uh, the Privateer podcast. Yeah, Privateer can Island. You bring him. He's another, yeah, he's another, oh, uh, yeah, sorry, the Privateer Island. He just had, uh, he's from land about literally a half mile from me. And uh, yeah, he could bring. you already mentioned about bringing him in, you know, or something like that, because he spoke so well. So yeah, he can bring both of us. We can fly out of the same airport together.
2: I like it. I think the the Pulp Mix wrap up show is helping book guests for the Pulp show, and I like it. I like a little give and take right there. So you're welcome. Yeah, one Steve.
3: step at a time.
2: Yeah, you're welcome, Steve. Um, okay, so how about this one? Um, a good topic that got brought up, and I think this is pretty interesting. I, I just with the business side of the sport. Um, Steve asked about, with Andy Gregg, about writers that he sponsors and whether results versus personality, right? Social media content, what's more important to him? And Andy says he's kind of drawn to guys like Dean Wilson and Jason Anderson who are, you know, quote, unquote, doing life. They have personalities. Maybe, you know, Dino hasn't won yet. His results aren't even necessarily podium on a regular basis for sure. Um, but people love him. He has a big social media following. I find that really interesting because I don't know. That, well, there wasn't social media twenty years ago, obviously. But I think businesses are starting to see Kellen that maybe the results aren't as important. Which is something that JT said when he came on. What do you think?
0: Yeah, and I loved this discussion just because it was really insightful to hear from two different companies that obviously have you know close ties with several writers in the industry about how they approach these situations because. Yeah, social media is becoming a huge part of our spoiling, and, and really just you know being more of a personality in general—not even social media, but being someone that, you know, when they get on the microphone or on camera, they're they're gonna you know do something funny or do something you know out of the norm. I feel like I can't have a conversation about how good of a writer Ryan Dungey was anymore because people just tell me I ah, was a robot. I ah, was a robot. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. You know, it it, it it's a big deal, and it's. Great to hear that at least some of these companies are, are looking at that as something that they're, they're wanting more out of their riders to, you know, kind of promote their brand as, uh, you know, the sport continues to progress.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Justin, again, you're a rider. You, you have to be on social media. Um, I don't know if any of your personal sponsors require it, but what are you seeing from your side of things? Maybe you're, the sponsors you do have or trying to get sponsors, how much uh, you know, emphasis do they put on social media?
3: Yeah, I would say 100% of my sponsors want something social media related. Um, Of course, results are important. There's no doubt about that. But, uh, I mean, to me personally, I feel like Dean Wilson would sell a product before Eli Tomac, um, Just because of his engagement and everything with fans and what he does. And same with Anderson. Like, they all have personality and people want to see that. And, um, yeah, it's good for sponsors and everything. And Yeah, so for me, I mean, it's definitely important. Uh, I would say it's more important than results, but results still have to be there, um, definitely. But, yeah, I mean, all my contracts all have, uh, you know, something social media related. It's just a repost of something or me posting about something. And, um, yeah, it's it's crazy how important it's become over the past couple of years. But, uh, yeah, I'm not a big social media guy, but, you know, I, I have to be just because of, you know, what we do. It's part of our sport.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, just even like with these shows, you got to support those sponsors uh, like Guts Racing, Michelin bicycle tires, and motorsport. Uh, you know, those guys help make us our shows happen. They help you guys out uh, with you know financial stuff and discounts or whatever, and all that stuff's important. So they want something back, right? So if a guy like yourself, Justin, or let's take like they mention all the time, uh, Adam Intonap, you know their average, just the the. Average fan who doesn't follow all these podcasts and everything, probably not going to know who Adam is, right? But if you get on social media and you start seeing that Adam, you know, has rap albums or rap song, it does rap music and you start hearing him on pulp show and how entertaining he is and how exciting he can be. Then you start going, Oh, this guy's pretty cool. And then he's, Oh wow. He wears fly racing or Oh wow. You know, he uses this or that I'm going to support that, you know, just like with the pulp show with the sponsors a lot of the fans use all these sponsors because, look, you could choose somebody like myself. You know, tire choice really doesn't make that different, much of a difference. I don't notice the difference really Um but knowing that Michelin's a big part of Pulp MX and knowing that Randy Richardson is a big part of Pulp MX, well, I want to support those guys. So that's what I do. Uh, I just got my wrench Rabbit kit in from uh, Pivot Works, Workskin, or not Workskin, it's Pivot Works and Vertex Pistons from James, you know, and, and I went through them because of Pulp MX and because of the discount that the fans get. So, uh, and, and that's also stuff that gets promoted on social media, which is where I see it. So I see it, man. I think it's, yeah, it's amazing how it's, that part of the industry or just in life in general, how much it's changed and how big social media has gotten. Uh, two more topics. So Ryan Hughes was on the show last week and I want to bring this up just because Jason Thomas Monday night said, um, that, you know, he, he may, I don't remember exactly how he worded it, but basically saying that he's gone crazy. He's mentioned that on his show industry seating also that he's not all there. I think he, what he said was his chemical makeup is off. um, And I was, I know it was last week's show, but I also said that I thought Rhino was more in control than I thought he was going to be. I thought it was going to be insanity. Um, I mean, the two chicks thing was a little out there probably, Kellen, but a lot of his theories I kind of agreed with. But do you think JT is right? Is Rhino a little off his rocker?
0: I mean, I think all of us think Ryan is maybe a little bit out there, but not... I got the same sense you did where like his his responses on the show last week, like he was very intelligent and I liked him being on the show because it was, you know, like refreshing to hear from him again and hear what he's been up to. So I'm not sure it almost made it sound like JT had prior beef with Ryan or something because he was, you know, saying he's out to lunch and all those stuff like that. Mm. I, I didn't really know where that was coming from because I thought, like you said, Ryan was great.
2: Yeah, I didn't take it as him having beef. That's interesting. I, I mean, there might be something there, but I think JT is just a little more straight-laced, or you know, at least comes off that way, and especially with his, the company he works for, Fly Racing, being pretty straight-laced. So maybe those two personalities don't jive completely. But, Justin, Rhino is working with one of your favorite riders. What do you think about—let's touch on the interview from last week a little bit— Tell me if you think he's out of his gourd and, you know, what you think about him working with your guy, Koldenhoff.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Koldenhoff fan. Uh, ever since I started doing stuff in Europe and, uh, you know, I got to meet him. He's always been a great guy to me. So, yeah, Coldenhoff to me is the man. I love that guy. And then also getting to watch him win, you know, the Nations twice is badass. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at Rhino, to me, he's like the Elon Musk of dirt bikes. Um, he's just like that crazy guy, but his stuff works. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to make Glenn extremely mentally strong and, you know, how important the mental game is in dirt bikes. So, to me, that's a win-win situation. Um, yeah, I think he, Rhino is definitely out there a little bit, but if you think about it, I mean, he's just living his life and having a great time. And if he's having fun, then what, who are we to judge, you know? And um, Yeah, sometimes I think he's a little out there, but, you know, it works. And, yeah, so I'm excited to see what he can do with, uh, with Coldenhoff, you know, for the rest of the GPs this year.
2: Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Okay, last topic, um, and I, I'm really interested in what you guys have to say about this. So the the Bullfrog Smart Top Spa is in place. Steve's got it. We've seen, I saw pictures today of him. I think it was him sitting in it. Uh, all I saw was, like, feet, so I'm pretty sure it was him, but it, it could have been Pookie. We'll see. Um, regardless, the spa that we've been hearing about for a long time is in. Um, but if I heard things correctly, Kellen, he said that this, Steve said this deal has been done since June, but we've been hearing for a long time that he doesn't know what's going on. He, you know, it's, he's hearing things, but nothing's happening. Did I hear things wrong? Or is this a topic that maybe Steve has just been kind of, uh, fluffing up a little bit over the last year? Yeah,
0: I honestly, I don't remember hearing that, but it's, that's, that's crazy. Like you're right. Because the, the last year on the show has been like a oh, uh, they're not coming through, and like, not that it made Bullfrog Spaws or Smart Hopper or any of them look bad, but it just seemed like he was almost like pushing them to say like, hey guys, why don't you come through? You said you would, and you haven't. So maybe there's more to the story. Maybe like the deal was finalized in June, but they didn't get him the hot tub until now, and and that was the problem. Either way, very kind of like weird discussion point because you're right. Like th- this has been. Years on the show that he's been trying to get
2: this hot tub. <laughs> yeah, I definitely got have gotten the vibe that you know there's been discussions, Justin, uh, but like he doesn't really know what's going on. Like all they say it's coming, but what's going on? What's going on? But uh, you tell me, did you hear what I heard that he said the deal was yeah, done in I June? Yeah, I heard
3: it was done in June. So when as soon as I heard that, I was really confused because I can't remember if it was three weeks ago or maybe four weeks ago or maybe it was that same show. He said that he hadn't paid for it yet. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. so well, I don't know what the deal is there or something like that. But um, and, and if I'm wrong that he said if he hasn't paid for it yet, then my bad. But I'm pretty sure that's what he said.
2: No, I think yeah, he did, he did so say that. Like, yeah, you're right.
3: Oh, okay, like that's odd. So then what's the deal? Like what are they not coming through with? But, you know, I was a little a little confused on that because I thought he was trying to get a free one or something. I, I it To me, it was super <laughs> weird. And, you know, in a, in a way I wouldn't say like it made them look bad, but it kind of made them like they were like – they were going back on their word, maybe, or something like that. I, I don't know. And then after you know a year, you know, and he finally gets it, it's like, okay, you know, I kind of expected more of a blow up on it, and there wasn't. So I was like, it, it was kind of odd to me. Yeah. Well, I think I
2: think, be- yeah, well, I think, I think he'll, there'll be some more hype when Kiefer and Heather are in next time. Uh, I yeah. I believe that's when we're. Yeah, I believe that's when we're going to get our first segment from the hot tub. You can find me out for um, that one. But I definitely. Yeah, there. You okay. go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe Travis Preston to come up and take oh a shirt boy. off again and who knows what could happen to that. Yeah. Um well, anyway, I, I was curious and maybe Steve would comment on it, but I I definitely got the vibe that it was just one of the, I I don't know. At this point, you never know what is show hype, you know, what what he's just kind of making content out of uh and maybe that's one of the topics where he would just kind of mention it as a joke to to you know, maybe even get the, the the social media talk that we've been talking about, get people getting on the, the, motor, or the Bullfrog Spas Twitter and making comments. Who knows? But it's there. We don't really know how it got in the backyard. Uh, I believe if the crane had showed up, we would have seen that on social media probably. So somehow they got it in the backyard, and it's there, and we'll get some content out of that very soon. Other than that, I think that's a wrap on Episode 424. Um, I want to thank, once again, Guts Racing for the highest performance seat covers and foam on the market. And Michelin Bicycle Tires, where you can use the same tires as Cam Zinc and Sam Hill. Visit bike.michelin.com. And also motorsport.com, where you can buy many of these products. Check them all out. Support the sponsors. Guys, uh, I think that's a wrap unless you have anything else.
3: Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm good. Uh, I just want to say, that, you know, thanks to Steve for everyone everything that he does for our sport. You know, it's cool that he gets so much, you know, publicity out there for us and and talks through it. And then uh, also during this pandemic and you know sitting in quarantine, uh, Kellen over there with Start Your Systems and watching the track walks and all that stuff, it uh, has definitely made this quarantine a lot better. And uh, of course, you dark Side for you know including me in stuff like this. I really appreciate it.
2: Absolutely. I'm, I'm honored and glad that you wanted to come on and do this. And as you, Kellen, you've done it a few times now. Yeah, Thank you very for, much.
0: Yeah, uh, always putting on a great show and being the unsung hero of Pultamex.
2: <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I'm glad somebody uh, is thankful, but I appreciate it. Other than that, that's a wrap. Stay tuned for a new episode of Hello Pookie. We're out.
0: Hello, Pookie. What's up? It's Chad Reed. The right side.
2: Okay, fellow jerkies, find a nice, quiet place and get comfortable. It's time for Hello Pookie. She loves new kids on the block, Howard Stern, and Adam Ciancerillo. She's Pookie Mathis. Hello, hello. All right, we have uh, some listener questions. Let's get to the first one. Uh, Brad Gebhardt says, Steve is known to need his coffee in the morning. Does that mean he's overall a grump in the morning? How do you ease the beast?
1: Uh... (laughs) He definitely wants his coffee in the morning. I wouldn't say he's grumpy, though. He never really wakes up in a bad mood. You know, Steve is always so even-keeled. He hardly ever gets into a bad mood. Well, I guess you guys don't really know that. You see he, him rant a lot. But
2: he's a five. For me,
1: he's very, yeah, just always at a five. Nothing really rattles him ever. Um He yeah. kind of wakes up the same way, you know. Well... <laughs> um, for the event. But, yeah, the, the coffee thing, though, is funny because I'm sure you guys know the story about when Kiefer tried to play a joke on Stephen and was saying, like, there's no yeah. coffee in the morning. But he stayed at his house and how <laughs> Steve's face was like, um, okay, like, all right, what am I going to do about this? I mean, he'll just go get his own, right? But yeah, that's so funny because, yeah, he, he definitely is like, yeah, where is it? Where's the coffee?
2: Yeah. Yeah, well the way that's that story, the way Kiefer told it, he sounded a little grumpy that morning. But it was more because he was ready to go and I think Kiefer was waiting for uh maybe for Vodge or something, but the coffee, they they definitely kinda made it a big deal. Like the coffee was uh do or die, basically for Steve.
1: Yeah, that's not really right of Kiefer to do that for Steve. I mean <laughs> he would have been fine, but I think yeah, that whole morning he was just kinda like rattled by everything that was going on. So right. yeah, that was That was not funny. It's it's pretty funny.
2: Very hilarious, but I'm glad I wasn't there. Yeah, I bet. Um, Okay, so the second part of the question, though, let's you know when he is grumpy. uh, You know, how do you how do you ease the beast? Um, You know, whether it's do you you just appease him? Do you leave him alone? You know, how do you handle Steve when he's in the you know uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for the uh, a rant mood, like a race tech rant type of mood.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think if he's ever mad or anything like that at that level. It's usually something to do with work, right? Yeah. So if somebody said something, somebody there's a, a, an internet war going on and he's involved somehow. Um so it's never really anything to do with me, so I don't feel like I need to like
2: <laughs> deal with
1: it. the situation because it's like I didn't even really do anything. So sure. I try to kind of stay out of it. I used to get, you know, kind of involved. Like I I don't know if you saw the other day there was some Instagram um, comments going on about uh, the picture that they posted with Paul Parabinos and I'm like, I'm not even gonna say anything. Like normally, some like a long time ago, I might have, but this time I'm just like, eh, I'll either let it blow over, or I'll let Steve deal with it. You know, yeah. he knows how he wants, he wants to deal with things like that, and I don't want to be, you know, butting in or whatever. So. Do, I didn't say anything, but yeah, you, normally it's not anything to do with me. It's just to do with work. And I would just be like, oh, okay, I'll listen to the whole story. Like let him yeah. rant it out. Tell me the whole thing again. And sometimes it's just over and over, but that's okay. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's fuck that, babe. Like, yeah, fuck that guy. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs>
2: I got your back,
0: babe. <laughs>
1: But then, the, see the thing with that is, is I will never forgive whoever that person is. Right. Ever. Just, people just be like, ah, whatever. And <laughs> i will be like, no, I hate that person. Don't you remember when this happened? And so, yeah, uh, there's some people like that where I'm, I'm still, I'm still bitter.
2: So, is this picture you're talking about the one where Paul had his arm around your cutout?
1: Yeah, yeah, he was Uh-oh. touching me in breast.
2: Uh, uh, oh, I <laughs> have to, I have to look at that again. I didn't see any co- the comments, so I'll have to. Uh, go back to that i didn't i didn't read the comments i saw the picture and liked it or whatever but didn't read the comments interesting
1: yeah someone was offended Oh, so. of course I, mean, I can yeah whatever. yeah like Atlanta. i wasn't offended it was my boob exactly so, I mean, the matter
2: exactly all right so he has a second question uh what's the worst jet lag steve's ever had where he had to sleep for a month and uh when he got home anything like that
1: Um, When he comes home from Europe, it's really weird how it kind of doesn't affect him. I think it's with the way that he keeps his schedule, because even if he comes home on a Sunday from Europe, he'll just do the show on Tuesday. Like, he'll only push it back one day. Right. Where with me, I can remember being so whacked out, waking up at 2, 3 in the morning, wide awake... (laughs) Uh, for, like, a week. Sure. And I want to say that will maybe happen to him for a day. Like, he'll get up a little early. But, no, otherwise, I think he, maybe he's just such a pro. Like, it just really doesn't affect him. I've been trying to get him to stay later on Sundays so that he can sleep more. Yeah. Because if you about his week weekend. Friday is a pretty chill day for him because it's travel. I mean, travel does take a lot out of you, but it's not actual, like, staying up and walking and working. Mm-hmm. But Saturday, I mean, he is wide open all day from the second he gets there to he's one of the last people to leave like it's it's a lot of work and then oh, he's yeah. just barely getting any sleep on the first flight out sunday morning to get home and sundays are a very busy day for him sunday and monday are the most busy days probably so i just feel like he's not getting enough sleep but i don't know he likes to get home right away which is fine i mean i get it but
2: yeah i I, just, I know where you're coming good. from you know, i don't do it obviously every weekend but my schedule is similar you know i i left moments probably minutes before he did saturday night and this was my home race so i didn't have to fly but typically i'm out at the 6 a.m flight on sunday morning and i don't function well on sunday so yeah with him doing the review pod and the, everything he does on sunday and traveling too that's pretty impressive honestly yeah i
1: know i just i feel like if he just got a little more sleep yeah. on that sunday morning it'd be better but whatever he's he's he knows what to do i can't tell him anything yeah he gets
2: it <laughs> he gets it done
1: yep for sure even i can't yeah i can't tell him nothing
2: why would you want to talk, re-talk about
1: The Pulse Show?